act on your word. That is such a blessing to know the right way. To be empowered to do the right thing. To go the right way at all times. So we thank you for this Lord. We bless you and we praise you for it. In Jesus name. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I thought we'd talk a little bit about um, uh, um, uh, after righteousness it's the law. Okay, After righteousness it's the law. So if you have any doubts about what God uh, can do for you, you need to know that if if you have obeyed laws of righteousness, it's the law. It's decreed already. It's a done deal. You see. So after you do your part, it's the law that undertakes, and and um, that's your that you start living under from that point on. You got me. It's the law that God has to do certain things if we obey laws of rights. It's the law that you're entitled to. It's the law. Amen. It's the law. And nobody can dispute that or argue against it because it's the law. Just like a natural judge would if you came to him and said, well, judge, uh, you know, I robbed this person and I did this and did that. But, judge, I am so sorry now. Well, you know, I'm glad you're, you're, you know, you're, um, you're contrite about it and you need to be. That shows you have a conscience. However... It's the law that <laughs> you got to do your 10, 15 years, whatever. And at, at the time of parole, if you still, you know, <laughs> contrite and you're still humble and you've done some things that they've told you to do, then we might reconsider. But right now, it's the law that you are to receive certain things. Huh? So after righteousness, it's the law. You don't have to worry about doing anything else other than maintaining righteousness, right standing with God. If you seek first the kingdom of God and his way, his right way of doing things, not man's right way, not what you've been taught by somebody, but righteousness which is obeying certain laws that govern God's kingdom. And so once you do your obedience, then it's the law that certain things come into your life. See, this is an undisputed law. It cannot be stopped. It's not dependent upon natural enforcement. Or somebody, you know, you getting on somebody's docket. Or, you know, waiting your time to show up in court or whatever. It's the law that these certain things be delivered to you. And that these certain blessings come into your life. So we're we're going to talk about this this righteousness. Because this is a, a uh, an imputed uh, state of living. This is this is the other thing about it. It's such a gifted and blessed state of living that it it uh, cannot be argued with. See, anything that God bestows upon us, He does it in spite of, outside of, in 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 not even considering what man has to do with it or what man has to say about it. It's just God's doing, see. 
And God is the author of the law. And so he made the law. He knows what he wants to do in his law. He knows how to enforce his law. And he knows how to impose his law. And how to present his law to us. So that we have an understanding what we're doing. And we can obey and live life. And live it in agreement with God. And in harmony with God. And reap the full benefit. So uh so we we need to know that when we obey God's laws we receive the results of that obedience without uh, any uh, side issues of deserving not deserving of uh, uh, being uh, worthy unworthy uh, being uh, special not special educated not educated smart in God not smart in God these things have to do with a a righteous positioning that's that happens by positioning ourselves in obedience to God and by obedience of that law of righteousness that that you know will guide us you know law of righteousness is just the law that tells you to do the right thing when you have a wrong choice and a right choice the righteous way is to do the right thing in obeying God's word if you see something that belongs to somebody else you don't steal it you leave it for them so that's the right thing to do so you're you're righteous in that that respect if you you uh see someone that needs help if god tells you to go help them you're righteous in that respect you got me and so when we understand that that's really what god's looking at are we are we seeking the kingdom in his righteousness not ours you know, sometimes we think we're right about this or right about that, and God proves us wrong, and we still want to be right anyway. And so it's not your righteousness, but His. And so when we understand that we are submitting ourselves to a higher law and a higher authority and a higher, uh, <clears throat> a supreme understanding of all things then we'll understand that when certain things are decreed we can't stop them we can't argue them we can't not be blessed by them we have to submit to that's the law and and that's all there is to it when we see other people blessed you have to understand that they are obeying some law in God and and that 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 is what brought the blessing no, whether you like that person or not, whether you agree with them or not, whether they have a, a winning winning personality, or you know whether you everybody hates you or not, you know there's some people who are just gonna hate you anyway. Don't be in the the midst of company of the haters. Be in the company of the righteous, you know, and and learn how to love people. Let people alone. Let them be blessed if they want to be blessed. And mind your own business, you know. Get your own blessing for yourself. So in Luke six thirty eight, we see what what you can you can call this the law of increase. So I thought we'd talk about some different spiritual laws and understand their application in life. If I can get Christians to do one thing, and it would be a tremendous blessing, and that is when uh, things are not the way you desire them to be. If if we could understand how to simply ask the Holy Spirit for correction. If there is correction to be made. Ask the Holy Spirit for correction. And trust his righteousness. Trust his 
thoughts and his uh, answer for you. And and just move on into righteousness. Accept the imputed righteousness again and go on in righteousness in God. If, if we could do that we could make progress. But this business of getting upset about something and being mad for months and weeks and years and uh, for nothing, you know, uh, it's time to just you know grow up and and just you know accept life as it is. Understand that your prayers can change certain things in your life and other people's lives, and and accept that. Be be happy with it. Be glad with it. But this languishing over. Uh, missed opportunities or languishing over uh, uh, mistakes and and, you know things like that that has to stop for the Christian you know to be honest with you believers don't even go on and on like we do sometimes you know we have 15 funerals uh, 15 home goings and memorial services and rededications and all that to our our problems and when we need really to just just, uh, let that be as a matter of the past and then receive the imputed righteousness what takes you on to victory in your future if you don't let that go you won't have victory in your future you just have more defeat trying to get back on your own power what the enemy stolen from you is never going to work if it was something that could work in your life you wouldn't have let him steal it to begin with Many times we've been ripped off and didn't even think we were being ripped off. We thought we were being blessed. It is true. And so we, we have to accept that we're learning God's ways. He can teach us better if we're in school. And you're in school when you're in righteousness. You know, he can't teach you when you're out there in the flesh. You know, going on and on and and getting all upset about things. He can't teach you over in that realm. But he can teach you when you're in righteousness and when you're obedient to him. So if you'll turn to Luke chapter 6 and verse 38, we can start there. And it's just one verse of scripture, but I thought we'd get a good understanding of it. So that you'll understand it's the law for certain things to come into your life a certain way. And be willing to expect, once you read the law and know what it entails, then you can know what to expect from the result of your prayers. And and uh, my feeling is that the people who have abundance are the ones that read the Bible and accept it at face value. And don't let the enemy rob you of it based on you. That's right. Amen. Okay. You have to say this is the law. God sent it to me because it's the law. It's the law that I receive this. See it's the law that I have this. And I'm obedience to the law and if I'm not in obedience I trust the Holy Spirit to tell me what to do and get me back in obedience and it's the law. You got me and that's all you need to know. So in Luke 6 in verse 38 Jesus gives a simple instruction. But prior to this instruction he's been talking he's given a discourse on righteousness and the laws of sowing and reaping. Judge not that you not be judged. See that's what you sow you reap. Huh? To the negative. He says, Love your enemies and do good and lend, hoping to get nothing in return. No ulterior motives. Don't help people and then sit and remind them you helped them. 
or if you have to help somebody you know and you've helped them don't sit waiting for them to pay you for everything you know this shouldn't be with Christians you know we should all be willing to look to God now I'm not saying let somebody rip you off you know the difference but if your heart's pure towards God he's not going to let anybody rip you off you just count it all joy well God you know I'm low on gas I gave them a ride and they don't have money to give you well if they had money they'd give you money they wouldn't be looking for a ride if they <laughs> come on y'all let's come on now let's, let's quit being small minded about things and learn how to understand the bigger picture of God's righteousness and when we obey certain laws we are blessed you can't you can't be out blessed huh? you can't be you can't you can't out give you can't be shortchanged if your giving is unto the Lord huh? you, you can't be you have to see everything that you do as being offered up to heaven you have to you have to because if you're looking horizontally you're going to be very very shortchanged. you're going to be very disappointed because God has not appointed people to serve one another directly but serve him and through people you got me or serve God you know serve people and it's offered up to God so whatever you do for one another it's an offering toward God it's it's nothing more than that so we can't look at people to to you know pay favors back if we've done things for them and and all this kind you'll be so disappointed you'll never get rich ripping your brothers and sisters in the Lord off you just won't it won't work for you just won't work and so you'll find that people who can't get beyond depending upon people you know they're going to be short they're always upset always disgruntled always a problem all we be why because you're you got your hope in the wrong place what's wrong with going to God and accepting the help that he wants to give you through whomever he wants to you got me and it's always going to be somebody you're not thinking about is your friend well you don't wore your friend out your friend is running from you you got me it's the truth take a drink of water some sick people around here I don't know what it is well the well don't need a physician so I guess we all here for the same reason but come on y'all let's get in the kingdom let's leave the carnal works and, and you know rudimentary L. leave that somewhere else and look to God as your source and look to God as your source you know you give tithes and offerings and then look to people that makes no sense it makes no sense you know why, why not just give it to man <laughs> let him be your God well we're scared to do that but we don't really trust God 100% either you see what I'm saying don't look to people look to your God uh, look to your God so <clears throat> anyway you know God will correct you and I was thinking about this there were a couple of times that we had someone come and do some work at our house and the person you know did a, a good job they're they're good worker but they were a little you know nervous about certain things and all that kind of stuff and so I had been 
telling them, I said, well, you know, we'll get this done. I said, there are a couple more things I need to have done here. So just let me know when you're available, blah, this, blah, that. And God checked me. And he said, now just because that person is a good worker, that doesn't mean you call them all the time. Now even somebody's a qualified handy person. We're talking about God's ways, not our ways. Huh? See, he'll even stop you in an ordinary thing where he feels that you're using too much human strength to get things done. He'll stop you. And so he stopped me. And, you know, it's to go back and talk to God about God who is the best person. Now... I I leave it up to God to direct who comes in our house, who de- whatever, whatever. And many times there have been people to come and I minister to them, pray with them. That you know, they people come with needs. So I don't know who's next on the need list. You got me. So it's not just about getting this done. See, when you're kingdom minded, you look beyond just what you need to the bigger picture. So maybe there's some handyman person out there, woman person out there that I haven't tapped into that's next on God's list that has a need that one of his servants can fulfill. So this is why you submit everything to God's scrutiny. Don't take anything for granted. You don't take anything for granted. And so in Hebrews, uh, I'm sorry, in Luke 6, he tells us to give. Right after this discourse on not judging, giving as you want it given to you. Give to every man that asks of you, verse 30. And of him that takes away goods, don't ask for him again. See what I'm saying? So these principles. Mm-hmm. Say if somebody's borrowed something from you, if they borrowed it, it is borrowed until they give it back. And don't let it bug you that it's taken longer than they said it would. Huh? Well, God, you told me to do it. Yeah, and I told them to pay you back. And they're going to pay you back when they get it, I guess. So we both going to have to wait on it. Huh? <laughs> Love your enemies. Do good to the haters. Huh? Especially the sanctified ones. <laughs> yep, do good to them too. Judge not, you won't be judged. Condemn not, you won't be condemned. Forgive, and you shall be forgiven. It's very important. Then that's the righteousness law. See, and then after righteousness, then the law of increase hits. Huh? He says, give, and it shall be given unto you. And not just what you gave. Mm-hmm. But good measure. Pressed down. Shaken together. And run. See I'd rather have that blessing. Than to have somebody pay me back $20 I loaned them. And think about it. Think about it. At times I'll tell people. I said well you know. I don't loan things certain things. But I'll give it to you. I'll sow it into your life. Because all you're going to do is get in trouble with them. Because people who are consistent borrowers. Are there something wrong. There's some law they're not obeying somewhere. So why are you going to tie up your goods in that waiting for it to come. You don't want to sow into that in a natural sense. You want to meet that need in a spiritual sense. 
so you can sow that money to them as a blessing. Don't worry about paying me back. Okay, this is not a loan. I don't want it to be a loan. I want to help you to get on your feet. And when you're on your feet, start giving to God so you don't get in this spot again. So you can get that across to people. (laughs) You know, you've done them a good turn. You got me? So I'd rather sow that into your life so that you can sow into the kingdom and start getting kingdom blessings rather than me and you fall out about $20. Well, some people think it's okay. I don't know about the rest of you, but if you're Jehovah's Witnesses or (laughs) whatever. So that word give, that has to do with you releasing without strings to give implies an unconditional release when God gives to us he has laws that tell us the proper thing to do in order to stay kingdom current you know to to obey the laws of the kingdom but there's no strings on it you got me there's no well if you don't do this I'm going to take it back from you once it's in your hands it's given and he expects you to obey laws of good stewardship he expects you to obey laws of worship and honoring him all that kind of stuff he expects you to obey those once that gift is given but if you don't he's not going to yank it back from you but you may find that you have less coming because you cease to honor and worship God with your increase he's never going to disown you he's never going to disinherit you he's never going to kick you out he's always going to like the uh, 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 Syrophoenician woman said even the dogs get the crumbs from the master's table so he's going to always feed you I don't care how disobedient you are the Bible says he's never seen the righteous forsaken nor their seed begging bread your kids can get in rebellion and run off from you and somebody will always take a liking to them want to feed them there's something about you you seem to be a nice kid what are you doing away from home blah 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 that righteousness and, and that blessing of, of, of righteous living on the part of the the household covers them you got me so there's a minimum care that God gives all of his kids mm-hmm. but after a while we need to quit settling for minimum he expects you to grow up mature receive your inheritance be a good steward over it so that someone else can be blessed by your obedience he has kingdom expansion in mind in with all of his kids don't care who you are you have an inheritance that's ever increasing that expands that goes beyond anything that you've ever seen before so in that 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 act of giving means in faith nothing wavering you cannot give a wavering anything suppose God gave wavering stuff to us and thought about taking it back once it's given huh? or regret giving it because he's short up there in heaven huh? <laughs> well if he don't get short how can we think about being short I mean we're his heirs 
Well, think about it for a minute. But Hebrews 10.23 tells us to hold fast our confession of faith without wavering. In other words, the writer knows that you're going to confess a good confession when you first pray. You're all excited about the blessing, but as time wears on, you might not want to hold fast that confession of faith. Huh? But he said hold fast to it. Even if you know you feel like somebody's torturing you to get it out of your mouth. Hold fast to your confession of faith without wavering. Huh? I know God's going to reconcile my home. I know I'm going to. One day I'll be able to walk good on my knee without winting. <laughs> I'm going to be done wint one day with this winting business. huh? I know that one day all of the, the disease that they saw in my body at one time. My x-rays will be clear in Jesus name. You got me? Amen. Because I am healed. It's just a matter of me winting and winting and winting. In faith. Amen. So you hold fast. To your confession. You don't let it go. So when you give. You don't have regrets afterwards. You don't have anxieties afterwards. Now the devil may try to harass you. And all this kind of stuff. But you've got to hold faithful. You've got to be consistent. You've got to be uh, stable. In in what you're doing. You can't waver because that will cause the whole thing to collapse. So you've got to be, you've got to put your faith in that. You know, even if, say for instance, parents, if you've loaned your children money or they had to borrow, you co-sign for their school loans. That's a common thing. Or you co-sign for a car for them or whatever. And, you know, they're, they're, they start getting late with the payments or something. You can't get nervous and just, oh. Hmm? Oh, they'll get a job they're going to pay in Jesus' name. They're going to prosper. They're going to get all this paid back in the name of Jesus. Amen. And so that's holding fast that confession without wavering. Even when circumstances look like it's going the other way. That's when when the enemy can really get you. Because see, parents, if you get nervous, the kid's already nervous because they ain't paying their bills. If you get nervous with them, that whole thing's going to waver. And may collapse. Or if you start making a bad confession about it. Then you know you, you got to watch your confession. You know even though what you. It might be very real what you see in the natural. And you might want to comment on it. Don't support and undergird that. And strengthen that with your confession. There's still faith on your words. To the good and to the bad. And so we have to be careful to hold fast our confession without wavering. Amen. Hold tight to it without wavering on it. And sometimes it is unnerving to to see uh, you know people's ups and downs and you're connected to it. You know, everybody wants kids that's going to pay their bills and pay them on time, but let me ask you this. What do you do? So the apple don't fall far from the tree, folks. <laughs> they learn that somewhere. So the good thing to do as a good parent, undergird them with your faith. And say, we're both going to pull through this. I realized I wasn't a good bill payer because I was learning God's ways. But we know them now. And we're going to dig in here and we're going to do what we've committed to do. We're not going to look for some debt cancellation and all this kind of crazy stuff that we've been taught everybody can get. Huh? You know, God, you know, people think God's raising a house full of thieves. 
the way we talk some of this prosperity stuff. Well, what about the people you owe? They're entitled to be paid back. Come on now. You know, we're all looking to get out of something. We, He's already got you out of it. He shed his blood to get you out of it. So if he gives you strength to pay back where you owe, then you pay back where you owe. You don't try to get everything for free uh, or on sale, you know. I was looking through some some clothing. I think it was TJ Maxx, you know, and I was in there and I was looking. I just, you know, found some things one time and, and you know, it was marked down. I said, oh, Lord, this is marked down to, you know, $3, $4. $5. Well, what you going to get for $4? Well, I got it home. I looked at it. I said, wait a minute. Didn't have a sleeve on one side or all sales final. So they just ripped me off for my little $3. Huh? So you have to be careful. <laughs> you have to be careful to be led by the Spirit of God. You know, you're not going to get everything like you want it. Cheap, free, inexpensive. You have to pay for something. So just believe God for the money to pay for it. That's the way I look at it. You know, faith is faith. Believe him for the money to pay for things. So he says here, in, in the give and it shall be given to you. Good measure. It will be given to you. You have to remember that God is the source of all giving. He is the source. And we are to look to him and not man. Now he'll, he'll use people just like he'll use you to bless somebody. But he is the source. I'll tell you another way. To whom much is given, much is required. God does not give you just so you can store up, build another silo. You know, he preached against that. He said your soul might be be demanded of you tonight. You see, you got you. In other words, God may call you into account for how you live down here at any time. And what are you going to show for having lived here that you kept kept building and storing up and building and storing up instead of blessing people? You got me? And so this is, is what he's trying to get across here. Now there is a place where if you don't have any place to give it, then save it. Don't squander it and don't waste it. But then too, there is a place where you know where there are needs that need to be met. And so let's let's go about meeting needs. There are certain people that need to be blessed in order to be encouraged. Mm-hmm. That's that's the way I look at it. Sometimes people just they're not just poverty stricken, needy people, but sometimes people need to be encouraged. So that if if say for instance people who, who are, are are working and extremely diligent in their work, you know, God sees that. And he will have others see it too and want to encourage them in that extra push that they give sometimes. And so we have to be careful to obey God in these things. It's always the person who enjoys doing it 
that'll give the extra push and they're always excited or surprised when they're blessed. It's never the person who watches everything they do and is looking to get a pat on the back at every turn and is wanting to withdraw, you know, if they don't get a certain amount of in, you know, attention or something like that. And so it's it's that person who is a free giver and has set a high standard for for their job performance. When God sees that, he wants to encourage that so that the enemy doesn't come in there and get and discourage them. See, oftentimes those people are able to live at a high level of joy and that's an insulation and a shield and a protection for them against the advances of the enemy. But you don't want that wall broken down because the enemy's always chipping away at it. See? You know, look at what you do for the ministry, and they, she never tells you you're doing a good job. Always telling you to do this, and always telling you to do that, and always. Well, I'm gonna tell you because we always got more to do. But like God's always telling me to, He don't tell, He don't lighten up on me and tell me I'm just, you know, oh, just stop, Bob. This is wonderful. You know, we, we've done enough here. God ain't gonna never tell you that. As long as the, as as somebody can beat up a preacher and take their car out there, we haven't done enough. You got me? So let's quit kidding ourselves. Pat on the back. Nothing. We need a kick in the butt. Because I'm still upset about it. I'm thinking to myself, now Detroit, Detroit belongs to us. We've claimed that city as a city of divine protection. I don't like that. I don't like hearing that kind of stuff. And and I will be doing something about it, devil. Got me? So so now we have a plan to beef up our prayer, you know. So, you know, we, we just really, really need to do these things, folks. We really need to do them. So, anyway... Yeah, we got to do these things. So, <clears throat> anyway, God, God is our source. Mm-hmm. Give, it'll be given. It's and no in between. You notice, there's nothing in there. All He wants you to do do is give, and it'll be given. Not give and do this. Give and do that. Give and do that. Give and do that. You got me. Give and it'll be given. You notice you give one time and it's given one time. Every time you give, God gives back. Every time. You don't have to sit up and do this for X number of time to impress God. And you haven't given enough and it wasn't big enough. And He recognizes everything. So when he says it will be given, it will be given. That's the law. That's the law. How is it given? Now there's a quality to God's giving. There's a quality to it. So the law of God or the law of increase requires that God give it in a certain quality. Quality. Number one is good measure. Now a measure is a discrete a quantity like a pint or a quart or something like that it's it's already finite and what it implies is that there is an amount or a a quantity that we have in mind that we give because the bible also says in the measure that you give it's given back to you mm-hmm. 
So you were the one that decided Pint Court, you know, 10th, offering, tithe, you know, whatever. You decide that. So what that implies is that God takes your measure because he said the same measure that you give or in the same manner in which you give it. So the measure, say for instance I, I gave everybody a drink out of uh, gold gold goblets. If God's going to bless me according to what I gave, he'll take that same gold goblet and give to me. Now, if I gave you a gold goblet to drink out of versus a styrofoam cup, what would that what would that do to you? Hmm? What would that do to you? Well, think about it. I give you gold. Absolutely. That evokes a certain feeling within a person. So he's not looking at all only the size of the gift as your measure, but the feeling that he got when he received it from you. That's why he tells you he loves a cheerful giver. That's the gold goblet. Huh? The grudging person is a styrofoam cup. Where you done peeled half of the top off or chewed it down or taken your pen and scribbled on it. Oh, man. Skull and crossbones graffiti. Oh, wow. <laughs> huh? <laughs> when it will be my turn? That's your graffiti on your styrofoam cup. How come it takes so long, God? Punching holes in the styrofoam. Huh? What's your measure? It's your measuring cup. Huh? So with the measure that you need everything it's given back to you. In other words, the attitude, the heart, the love, the grudge, the not grudge, that you give everything it's given back to you. Remember Oral Roberts had prayed for so many people and he was tired and he always waited for, you know, the people to leave and, you know, the crowd to go down, the parking lot almost empty. And one lady had kind of held back because she didn't get prayed for that night and, and uh, she just caught him by surprise. He was going out with a few people and, and uh, she said, could you please pray for me? And he was upset. And he prayed for her and he was angry when he did it. And so he, when he got by himself with God, God told him, he said, well, I healed her, but you're not going to get credit for it. With the measure that you meet, attitude's real important. Real important. Real important. People can fatigue very easily, you know. You you think about it, and, and uh, the anointing anointing or no anointing, you you need help sometimes physically to sustain what you're doing, and people have to make provisions for that. And I, I think one of the things, if ministers are guilty of anything, it's perhaps not really making provision for them. Their you know 
the longevity and, and not wearing themselves out with these things because you know you, you get tired you're tired and you're out of gas and nobody wants to be around you when you're out of gas you know you just don't don't want that and so what you have to do is make provision for your longevity and things and so I think if ministers can be wise and have other people that they can impart to. Now we, we've learned enough in Christendom to know now that if you have, have that right ministry gift office you can impart very easily. And, and people can work in that for that season and lift. You know it's just you just got to have somebody that God shows you that 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 they can rest that on them and and it works and so if, if if we can maintain like that then we can always give good measure you know the measure that we give out of can be something that's acceptable to God and so and so you have to guard yourself against uh, improperly measuring or having the wrong attitude in your giving in certain circumstances you know because we've all done it we've all like you know you get to the conference and you want to give but it cost you this this cost you this and all of a sudden the week before you had a payment or or an ex- ex- emergency with a vehicle or something like that and it can put you into a disgruntled condition especially when you got seven offerings to sit through or something like that you know and you can be sitting there thinking well I didn't have nothing the last time I don't have any more than I had the last time but my feeling is this if you can maintain expectation that God will provide seed to, you know that's what I would do if I were sitting there and I ran out of money at the car I said God I thank you for providing seed to the sower didn't Kenneth Copeland's ministry start like that I was listening to uh, to him, his uh, son-in-law, George Pearson, the the guy who married his daughter from his first marriage, Terry, the Pearsons. He was uh, ministering. He and Gloria were ministering, and they were talking about that. And he was saying where they started. And she remembered, you know, in in the in the 60s, I think it was when they first got saved, and and he decided, Ken and Gloria decided they needed to learn more about the Bible. That's why they went to Oral Roberts University. It was no thought about being ministers at that point. They were just hungry to learn. They saw all the stuff in the Bible that God promised, and they didn't know how to acquire it so they set set themselves to learning and they were talking about the first time she said brother Copeland came in and told her he said he said we're going to be partners with Oral Roberts University we're going to get ten dollars every month and she said now I looked at him and I said where in the world does he think we're going to get ten dollars every month and uh, her, the son-in-law was saying, he said, well, did you realize? He said, we did some accounting. He said, and, and to this date, uh, Kenneth Copeland Ministries have, has sown over $200 million to other ministries and to giving. You, you got me just what they give out and seed sowing other places. $200 million from $10 a month. That initial seed is still growing, folks. That initial seed never quits growing. That's what you've got to understand about kingdom increase. It never stops. From the first seed you ever sowed, it's still growing.
So the Bible says that the quality, there's a quality that you look for to know God's law. This is the law. That it has to be this quality. And it's good measure. So that good measure, that word, really the word good in front of measure. Okay, so we got your we've got your amount that you gave. And and you put a certain quality of your own. You're a cheerful giver. You've obeyed the law of righteousness in your giving. What God then does when he gives back to you your increase, the word good really means to be able to it has an intrinsic value that word good also means beautiful so what God gives back to you has an intrinsic beauty that evokes a a feeling of extreme satisfaction on the part of the receiver never take what God gives you just for granted at the amount level I mean I think that's the worst way to live because after all our life does consist more of what we eat drink and wear doesn't it it consists of more than that you want satisfaction in your life you want a sense of contentment you want joy you want you want something intrinsic on the inside of you and when God blesses you there's that feeling of extreme satisfaction that comes huh even though you've been you've you've sown seeds of faith and you're expecting it to come if you just get it because you expect it and you just you know receive it and keep going no God stops you by by hitting you with it on the inside there's something that registers in you that you know God gave it to you and you just want to Jesus whoa thank you I I got that I got that it impresses you in that way you know there are times when like for instance when we were dealing with the bus and there were so many back and forth and the enemy when the, that thing finally stopped you know the back and forth of the enemy you hit him that's what you do huh? you finally hit him and kill him and it turns around it starts going in your favor and I remember the, the people sending us a bill that they had added some more things like after the they couldn't get it started they had diagnostic charges and all this other there's another thousand dollars that bill evaporated we don't even know where that bill went you got me and it's that intrinsic beauty of that answer that comes in because we sent that that bus over there we sent it in good faith we agreed to pay we paid what they told us to pay when we they told us to pay it and they screwed up and my prayer was God don't let them take advantage of us don't ever let us be stepped on by the enemy we're supposed to step on his neck so don't let us be trampled over you know and don't let us do that and so because I know that's that's you know that's the world the world does they see a woman in charge of something they think "Mm, if she got money let's see if we can get it she don't know nothing about nothing we can tell her anything tell her cars fixed and it ain't fixed and all this nonsense huh that's why it's good to have a man in your life 
<laughs> I would say a husband. I got one now. So I just, you know. uh, we'll send we'll send Deacon Gary or Deacon somebody or just Deacon somebody. Talk to him, Deacon Howard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you know, hey, whatever helps. But I know God. You know, sometimes that'll stop some nonsense. It'll help you sometimes. You women, let your husbands go deal with these people. You know, they'll do a lot of, they respect men in a lot of ways that they won't respect a woman. Got me? It used to bug me sometimes. My husband would tell me, will you do it? I said, no, nah, if they see you, he said, you can do that. He said, they, but if, you know, if they got stupid and he he knew what was going to happen, he going to have to foot the bill. If they got real stupid, he'd get on that phone in a minute. You know what you think you messing with? <laughs> you got me? Then he wasn't spiritual. You know, he got the job done though. He was he was ahead. You know, they had to respect him. So whatever. I don't know. He was working though, so so anyway. <laughs> so anywho. Alright, so good measure. That's what it, it, it that good has to do with the spirit that's on it. Mm-hmm. Good measure. Mm-hmm. So he'll take your measure, make sure he returns that, he'll use that amount to measure out what he gives back to you. So if it's a cup, he starts with a cup. Okay? But he puts a value, an intrinsic value on it, and that's the, the that's what you can't buy. See, that's the the part that cannot you can't put a price on it. Because that that impression that that leaves on you when God blesses you, the impression that that leaves on you will take you for years where money can't. Money will run out in short measure. Trust me, especially when you're given to the saints. I won't bless this person. I won't. I want this. I won't. I won't bless me. I won't bless you. I won't bless everybody. You know, we get <laughs> get our list of people we want to bless. Of course, we never get down to the other people. We gotta get. You know, but we happy, huh? <laughs> That's what God wants. He wants all his kids happy. Okay, all right? Nothing wrong with that. But uh, but but that intrinsic that that. Sense of satisfaction, knowing he loves you, you belong to him. He heard you that time, and he answered. And there, nobody can take that away from you. See, after the money's gone, the good measure, what he put in it in your spirit, nobody can take away from you. Where you can reflect on that in times of trouble. You can reflect on that when you're broke. You can reflect on that when people treat you wrong. You can reflect on that in down times. And you can say, you know what? I remember when I prayed for something and God answered so quick. And he blessed me so fast. In fact, I didn't even pray for that. And it just showed up on my door one day. I know God loves me. You got me? So that's the that's the I love you. That's the kiss of God. The intrinsic beauty of things. Where He, you know he's your daddy. You know and you don't have to worry about anything. So the next one is press down. Press down. And that means nothing but goodness through and through. When when people would press things down, you you see that uh, 
what it what it did if a merchant say if you went to buy something from a merchant and especially if it was meal you know in in meal in between those grains there's air you got me only air is everywhere and so you know it's like this when people when people um, bag flour it's when they tighten that thing you know how it's always rolled down a little bit and glued and tightened like that it's always fat and full when they bag it but as it travels it settles which means the air that was pushed in there when they filled it and it was sealed up in there now that air is kind of risen to the top and what the real flower is is at a lower level than they started out with well the bible says that when God gives he takes the air out of your blessing he packs as much in your measure as as he can manage and muster he takes the fluff out he takes the shaft out he takes the bad stuff out so if you got a blessing that's got some bad stuff in it you better go back to God and say God you know what I know you didn't send this to me and I'm asking you to fix this for me because the devil sneaked something in on me that's got shaft and fluff and junk in it this is not your way See, never be afraid to go to God and say this didn't come from you this doesn't measure up to your law huh? don't be just letting everything in your house that's you know that's not God given you got me you, you know or your garage or your your whatever huh? into your life some things come with a lot of fluff huh a lot of air oh. people can come into your life and talk a lot of nonsense and fluff and stuff and you think they're all solid in God and you find out they don't know as much about God as you do when they gets to living and fruit you find out that person you thought knew so much is <laughs> full of air hot air <laughs> very fluffy <laughs> huh so God you know hey I love them but you didn't send them not for the purpose I thought you know I was praying for a good solid Christian friend this one ain't solid this one needs a little help so hmm? don't lean on what's not solid hmm? so if it's pressed down God has packed as much into it as your measure will allow hmm? remember when Oral Roberts was needing money at his ministry and God told him he said I've given you as much as I can give you got to sell something else he gave away that airplane that time so he had packed as much into that brother's measure as he could well look at all that he built coming from poverty the way he did he built that on faith he just believed God huh? righteousness got him that okay shaken together that means it's agitated to settle, solidify, and compress. To remove the air and all removables. Hmm? So if, say for instance, you're going to, you're sewing so that you can get um, a scholarship for your child. And if God's going to give it to you, it'll be good measure 
Okay, God, we believed you for full tuition. Press down. Full tuition plus a stipend for books. Hmm? Shaken together. It means that 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 child will have the opportunity if they ever need extra income there's a work program attached to it that pays them a certain minimum amount per hour you know your kid won't be working for nothing um, and running over um, and that's the part we're going to get to the running over part means that that seed continues to produce fruit in your life as long as you live the running over means that you can't catch it right now you got me if I poured you a cup of of say a cup of uh, sugar and it got to the top of the cup I can press it down get some of the air shake it a little bit get more of the air out and pour more on but if I pour over your cup you think I'm a little stupid well you know Pastor Bob come on now the cup's full I mean well let's shake it down some more it's shook okay so it's running over now what do I do stop well no you don't stop according to this huh it's there for you to go get another measure and put it up under there wouldn't you do that if I kept pouring wouldn't you go get something else to get <laughs> yeah yeah I bet you would so and that's what you to do this thing keeps pouring as long as you have catching isn't that what the 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 widow woman did she went and borrowed as many vessels as her faith told her she needed what makes you stop collecting vessels? Your faith. Whatever when something in you just clicks and says, Well, I've got as many as I need or I got enough. You know, you say enough. But with this blessing it continues to run over so that you can run out and get another container to hold it in. See? So if you think about it in terms of faith and righteousness what faith you used in that level of giving continues to run over so that when you give the next time you have more faith because what's running over is everything that's in that cup remember we said the good measure was the intrinsic extreme satisfaction that you get but also you gave in faith so that level of faith don't you give more to God now than when you first started giving huh I think everybody can tell that story and that didn't just come because you got brave one day hmm? it's true we should all be giving more now people who tithe and start out tithing feel that that's as much as they need to do but you can give double tithe if you've been blessed at one level, why wouldn't you? If you really understand what God's doing, you understand laws of the kingdom. Don't just go spend more because you're giving your legal amount that you think you ought to give. There's no law anymore. You got me? Not as far as obedience is concerned. It's righteousness. And giving what you know is right to give in your heart. Huh? So ought you to give. There have been times I can't even tell you what I give anymore. I don't count. 
I make sure I don't go under a tenth, but that's been so many years ago. It just you just don't count anymore. You keep increasing to try to give more because that stuff is still running over into your hand. You got me? So you can't outgive God. Why would you stop if you know God's laws and you know God's good? You know, if you say say your job's being threatened, I double up, triple up so fast on the devil he wouldn't even know what hit him. You got me? That's the way you kill him. You get more. You don't have to believe it. Keep living in a limited world when when everything's open to you. If if you, that measure has been working for you, why not increase the size of your cup so that when he he gives you again, you get more. Hey, you triple up on the devil. How many of you, when you wanted a job promotion, you started to tithe at that level that that job would have given you? Uh huh. And how many of you went back to the <laughs> when you got the job? Huh? Oftentimes we do because we we work the law, but then we get what we want. We forget the law. Now tell the truth. Didn't you go back to your old way of giving after you got it? Uh huh. We do that. So if you if you can quit from doing that and continue to do that and then increase, then you'll make this law work for you to the maximum. So you'll make it work for you to the maximum and and understand what you're doing. You're you're in something that's ever increasing. Why would you not increase the size of your measure? If you want the size of your your harvest to increase, you plant more seed. And just that just makes sense there. So people get really goofy when they start talking about dollars and cents because we're so scared we'll never have enough. And this is the way to get kill that fear once and for all. So the running over means that after you get this harvest, you're in better shape all the way around than you were before you gave it. Your faith is increased so that you're fearless the next time you give and God tells you to give more. You know, in order to get past this level, you got to give at a higher level now. And if you want to get out of this hole and out of this jam, make the devil leave you alone, you got to get your, expand the size of your cup so that you expand the borders of your tent. It's all good. You're going to get more back anyway. But this will stop the devil in his tracks. Because what he's trying to do is keep you from giving, period. And when he starts taking your money, you start looking at how low it's going. And you think the first thing we think about is not, not paying Caesar, which you shouldn't not pay anybody. But we always look at what we give to God as something that we can diddle with you know and so you can't do that if, if God's the one blessing you and protecting you you got to give him his if you give less than now you're going to be in more trouble and so we have to realize that you can increase the return by increasing your measure that you give don't be a legalist when it comes to giving in God's kingdom let this law work for you let it work for you. So running over means there's an overflow. And there's an extravagance to God's giving. He's not wasteful. But he's extravagant. Now with natural things we can be wasteful. But he's not. He, he has an abundant never ending kingdom. So the running over is the extravagance of God. <clears throat> where you have that 
satisfaction, that understanding, that blessing that comes to you intrinsically. Your faith in God is increased because you've seen his laws work. You know, you have faith in what you know works. And once you see it work, then you know that's why God is so adamant about proving him in the tithe. Because he knows people don't want to give that much. He knows people don't want to give period some of them. Because they don't believe anything's coming back. So he said you can trust me with your money. He said I'll let you test me and see if you can trust me with, with your money. And so once we get proof though, he don't need to prove himself every time you give some. Now if, if Miss Juana tells me that that she was at the church at 11 today. Now I want proof of that. <laughs> so if we got seven people outside that saw her come by. We got surveillance cameras in the back with the timer on them. After I see the surveillance camera and the test of witnesses, that ought to be enough for me. I quit grilling Miss Juan about what time she got here. You got me? So once God shows you that He'll open the windows of heaven, the one time when you tithe, that's enough. You you can't be testing Him over and over again with the money thing. Let's move on to something else. You got me? So He proves Himself once. Is the proof. After that it's trust and faith on your part. So you may not get as fast a return as you got on the test. Huh? Yeah, I, I, you know when I bake cakes. I'm old school. My mother would do this. She would bake cakes from scratch. And, and she would always bake what she called a tester or a sample. And she would put a little bit of batter in a, in a small pan. That would cook quickly so she would know the recipe was right. And then she could put the whole thing in there. Once she put that little sample in there. If that didn't need no justice. She threw that cake in the oven. Let it stay till it got done. And never worried about it anymore. So once that proof is given. You don't worry. You'll keep testing. You know, She would keep putting little batches in over and over. Pretty soon she would not have enough left to make a real cake. <laughs> Well, come on now, let's just not get crazy here. Let's just be real. But when God shows you proof that He's not messing with your money, which He knows everybody gets upset about, hmm? He shows you that He'll give, then you got to have faith. And you may have to wait on your return a longer time the next time because He's got to let your faith work. Hmm? Remember the first time you tithe and everything blew up and shot up all over you and you had everything everywhere? That was the proofing. See, there was dynamite on that offering. Huh? Yeah. That's how they would proof things. Mm -hmm. If it would blow up. Sure. Right. That's how they, they tested alcohol. You ever get a bottle that says 80 proof, 100 proof, 40 proof? Well, I don't want that. But he says 120 proof. Now you go to the, the three-digit proofs. Everybody does, especially if you got them them sipping can running around. I know I did it when I was a sinner. But the higher the proof, the longer the party would last because they wouldn't get drunk as fast. 
as the lower proofs. But what they would do would put a little bit of the alcohol on some dynamite and put a match to it and see if it blew up. Proof! You didn't know that? That's how you proved it was alcohol. How much alcohol was in it? Huh? For sure? <laughs> Absolutely. That's how you do. I would want to know. Huh? What you getting? Is it going to light me up or ain't it? If it ain't going to light me up, leave it in this doll. I love that. Well, that's what happened to your tie the first time you get it exploded. But there was dunamis on it. God received it. And that blessing came to you and it came to you fast. Then you got to be a consistent tither and you had to use your faith. You had to wait for stuff. It didn't want no more proof on it. You had proofed it one time. That's enough. Wow. Amen. Hello. Amen. So. So God has to proof. Well, when you when you when you make bread with yeast, there's a proofing there. They they call it proofing many times. With that first, what you do is you put your yeast in in lukewarm water, not hot, because it kills it. It won't work. You got me. You put it in lukewarm water with a little bit of sugar. Uh, no salt, it'll retard it. But you sugar, water, and yeast, and you put a lid o- over it, and it begins to foam and bubble. That's proof the yeast is alive. And they'll foam and bubble when you put flour to it and raise it and all that kind of stuff. So you're not throwing away all your major ingredients. You proof it and make sure it's alive, and it'll work for you before you waste all that the other ingredients trying to make bread that won't rise. So these things are necessary. You've got to make sure things work. And God knows that about people. So he makes sure you know that he can manage his. Can you imagine God manages his kingdom on 10% across the board? And not even that. A lot of people don't even give. He's the only manager that's that good. Think if your government can do that. Wouldn't we be sitting pretty? Huh? And God God can bless you abundantly over all his people have the potential of living well and being wealthy. Huh? So anyway, how much time we got, Miss Juana? Oh, 11 minutes. I don't think we can do this in that time. So, okay, so God has, these are his laws of increase. And it is the law when you give. It's given to you, period. Not any added things in there. We assume righteousness because after you fulfill righteousness, then it's the law that you receive when you give. There's a certain quality with which God gives. Good measure. Pressed down, shaken together, running over. There should be <clears throat> increase and encouragement for your next giving. Giving should never be a routine thing. After it's routine, it stops. It'll stop or be interrupted. And when it gets to be that you don't put any faith on it and you don't believe God <coughs> for increase with it, mm-hmm. it'll stop after a while. Mm-hmm. 
you see people that, that want to disconnect from God and don't, don't like his system. They don't. They let the devil tell them that it doesn't work. See, this is what the whole thing is. Because people can start out enthusiastic and want it to work. But they don't understand righteousness is the major component of the system. I mean, it's all over the Bible. It's it's no secret that God has an imputed righteousness that he expects, expects us to live in, expects us to maintain, and expects us to present ourselves before him in this manner. It's a righteous manner. It's got to be maintained. So many times people don't respect that that there's a, a way to present yourself before God and they want things their way like God is going to bless them any kind of condition they're in if he loves me he'll just take me like I am and well he did that when you first got saved come on and since then he's come to put some value worth and dignity on you and he expects you to show up at his house looking like you got value, worth, and dignity. You don't just come in there any kind of way. You come in there dressed and robed. You're, 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 you're visiting the king in his kingdom. So you don't show up any kind of way. Mm-hmm. That diminishes the expectation of the office if we do that. It takes away from what that interaction could do. It really does. Because what that means is that the the sinner can go to God's throne and get whatever he wants. That's not true. It, it, the righteous can. So that's what we have to do. We have to receive the imputed righteousness. Many times we want to feel good enough to go. And that's not righteousness. You know it's an imputed thing. So it's it's it 100% from beginning to end it has to be God's way and not man's. And so when we understand that God will bless us but only his way, then we'll humble ourselves and submit ourselves to his way of righteousness and righteous living. So after righteousness, then it's the law that these things are yours. They can't be taken away from you. All you've done is submit to his way. In receiving his righteousness. And you go before the throne. You present your need in faith. And you understand that after that it's taken care of. And then you set about expecting according to the quality that he set forth. That it's been given to you. And he says... At the end of verse 38, for with the same, he says, that they will, men will give this into your bosom. A bosom referred to the apron that they wore. If, if you're really thinking God terms, you get a big apron. Huh? You'll get a big apron and expect exceeding and abundantly beyond what we can ask or think. Huh? You expect him to blow your mind. But you've got to maintain righteousness. You can't get mad at God and start falling out with everybody and get upset with things. And you know, ask him to help you with your bad temper. Ask him to help you with your easy anger. Ask it so you can maintain righteousness. Because if you maintain righteousness, you can expect everything. 
Huh? That's the thing. The little spot foxes spoil the vine. It's the little things that we, we think aren't a big thing. But they're robbing from us all the time. So anything you can do to maintain righteousness, you do that. You got to go to people and apologize, you do that. You got to go to God and say, God, you know, I got to stop doing this. I got to straighten up here because this is not right. Huh? You do that. You do what you need to do to grow up and start doing things the right way. But after you've fallen apart and had a meltdown, you still got to go back and put on your robe of righteousness. Mm-hmm. That's what Job did. Nobody had all their kids killed in one day. Boils from head to toe. And and haters coming by telling you they know there's sin in your life. And that's why this happened to you. How about a ministry? <laughs> you know. But yet God told Job to get up and array himself like a man. Stand up before me like who I created you to be. Huh? And then do this. You can do this. You you're not out of the, the you know, you're in here. You're in the thing. You're not out of it. And so as as Job was required even in his bad condition, his sick condition, huh? His you know, condition. <laughs> we all got conditions from time to time. But he's still required to maintain his righteousness and go before God for his answers. Now, his 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 sin in many ways was being passive toward what was being told him and just accepting. Mm-hmm. Passivity will rob you. Mm-hmm. Giving is an active term. That's why God wants us to be active in everything. Perform acts of righteousness. And we can expect that men will give. This is where the dilemma is. Remember at the beginning we said it's not coming from man. Coming through man. From God. Man is not your source. So don't try and depend on men for your needs. But depend 100% on God. And he says that it will be measured to you again. Men will give into your bosom. Your lap. Got me? Where things that you really want. Bosom also refers to the place of, of endearment. Refers to your heart. You got me? So things that you desire in your heart. The good things. Whatever your heart desires. God will see to it that you get it. You just got to obey his laws. But after righteousness, it's the law. huh? Nobody can take it away. It's the law that this come to you. Doesn't depend on whether or not you goofed up 15 times. He knew you were going to do that before he made the law. He saw you as a part of it. Huh? Warts and all. All you got to do is be just man up and repent. Tell God you're sorry. God I got off the track there. I'm sitting up here expecting it one way. And you're bringing it. I won't do that again. huh? Keep me in a place where I'm focused on you. And not on man. Man isn't my source for anything. Amen. And so if we will keep that. Keep that law of righteousness. Then it's the law. That God will fulfill his part. Amen. Praise God. Father in heaven we thank you. For your word and for the grace to uh, to know that your word is true. There's truth in your word that we cannot escape. And we thank you for your word. It is a blessing. Thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Amen. If anybody wants